everyone to the Outtakes Movie Podcast. I am Sam and we are on the final leg of our quest to categorize the objective list of the 50 best to worst movies of all time. I'm joined as always by my amazing team. Amelia, how are you doing? I'm good. Happy holidays. I'm assuming this will be going out in December yes. when we're recording it now. So happy holidays to all those of you listening. I hope everyone's feeling a bit festive finally. But yeah, I'm doing great. It'd be nice. I'm not feeling festive yet. Maybe I should get the decorations up. Go on. We should do it. Joe, what about you? I mean, I've had my decorations up since like the middle of November, so, you know. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, Christmas tree in my living room, you know. I mean, that's it, actually. The only festive thing we have is the Christmas tree. That's about it, but still festive. It's a Christmas tree. Yeah. And Jacob, how's things? Things are all right. They don't look very festive, but I've managed to choose like the one part of the flat that doesn't have some form of christmas decoration <laughs> anywhere you're hiding from it basically <laughs> he's yeah. in denial that's what it is <laughs> so for this little last leg of the journey we are looking at john hughes's the breakfast club which came out 7th of june 1985 and as always we're going to go on a little pop culture rundown and see what's going on in the worlds of music video games and the cinema at the time of release so in the charts this is a really weird one. So usual story for like decades where we assume what's be going on. It's actually nowhere near as cool as we think. The odd standout single is here and there, but it's mostly just forgotten stuff. So here's things that count. Number 32 was Don't You Forget About Me from this movie. Nice. What shocked me was that it was falling, not climbing the charts. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was at a higher spot the previous week. So I don't know if this movie's release maybe helped it along the next week. I didn't check, but it was a bit of a weird one. But it's a great song, and it's probably the one out of this list I'm going to read that has properly stood the test. So number 12, Walking on Sunshine, Katrina and the Waves, which I cannot listen to anymore without thinking about great deals on sofas. Uh, number six was A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. Uh-huh, okay. Which is weird okay, because... I don't, I don't know when that Bond movie came out. You to kill. I that it would was... have been around this time, surely, if you'd... it was in the charts. I mean, you'd think. But it's really high, so it must have been recent. Oh. Number six. And number one, this is the really weird one. You'll Never Walk Alone. You know that song that Liverpool, the Liverpool oh, crowd from, sing? From Carousel. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. What version of it, though? So the it's, actual version. It's... Oh, like it's from a band called bless you <laughs> Sorry, thank you <laughs> it's from a band called the crowd one oh, of the many many re-releases it charted at number one oh my uh, God. now to be honest with you morbid as it is my gut instinct for this was wondering if um Oh god, I can't remember where it happened now. But there was that Hillsborough, really wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Hillsborough, the Hillsborough, Hillsborough tragedy. Yeah. My gut instinct was I wonder if that had just happened and kind yeah, of collected. Maybe. No, nope. didn't that happen it in was like 1989 eight, when that happened. 89, yeah. So why it's this high? I couldn't tell you. But it is. That's our that's our that's our June 1985 number one. It's a football song. In the world of video games absolutely sod all remarkable oh. came out in june so i've simply cheated it's the last one at the end of this year the original super mario brothers would be out and home gaming oh, okay. would like actually kick off it's this year it's yeah. 1985 wow. the world of cinema was a lot more interesting so three standouts the goonies came out on the exact oh, same day i need to rewatch that i have not watched it in so I've, long I've, I can't remember what happens in it. Maybe since high school, but it's a great movie. Um, has anyone seen Return to Oz? No, it looks too terrifying. It fucking is. <laughs> so no, I refuse to watch it. It looks like a child's night. Is that the one where the woman wears like different heads or something? Yes. Okay, yeah, I've so seen I, that clip and I was like, nah. <laughs> I saw this years ago. It was on Channel 5, I think. And I was, I was, a, wee, I was a wee lad and I was watching it. And there's the scene where there's all her heads in like all these little cabinets. And I remember feeling so uncomfortable. It wasn't even like, it wasn't, it wasn't like jump scare. It wasn't like, I just felt so uncomfortable that I was like, the television's going off. I didn't even change the channel. I was like, straight, it's off. I'm going to, I'm going to do something else. Nah, no, 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 no. And Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome came out. Oof. That's the third one, isn't it? The one with Tina Turner. Wow. Yes. I don't think I've seen it's any not, of the originals. 
it's not terrible, but it's also the worst out of all four of them. So, you know. Oh, there's four? I didn't realize there's four. Yeah, there's four. The, the first three, and then Mad Max Fury Road was done like years later. Are yeah. they connected? Yes and no. Y- yeah. So the, the so, bad guy is the same bad guy, isn't he? But also he's not the same bad well, guy. Well, he just played in the original and in Fury Road. The bad guy is played by the same actor, but I don't think it's meant to be the same person. Oh, it's really weird. So they've said that it's because it's George Miller. Yeah. Name, he's the one who made all four of them. He directed all four of them, made all four of them. And Fury Road was originally meant to be out in like 2001 or something. But it just kept on getting pushed back. They were going to film it in 2001 with Mel Gibson. Uh, but then it got pushed back. And then there was all that shit that went down with Mel Gibson where yeah. he said some stuff. So they're like, mm, maybe not. And then they revived it kind of around a couple of years, like 2010, around that time. And then they started making Fury Road with, and they just recast him instead. But it's mad because George Miller spent all of that time just writing law for Mad Max. So there's like a whole, he basically wrote, there's, a, there's like a whole other script and it's called like Mad Max The Wasteland or something. And it's just all this law that just doesn't show up in Fury Road. <laughs> and this new oh, film wow. that they're making about Furiosa all yeah. comes from that. Because there's like a shit ton of law behind Mad Max that he just had for himself. He was like, ah, oh, I've got all this time to kill while I'm waiting to make Fury Road. Let's just type all this background shit about it. That's what all the... There's a quote at the beginning of the film by like the future man or whatever it's called. And that's all bloody Mad Max lore and background stuff. And given recent events in the game, and of like crazy. franchises just keep sort of churning when they shouldn't. Maybe it's good that Fury Road didn't have so much lore stuff in. Like, like mm. my my gut reaction is to think of like Fantastic Beasts and be like, okay, these authors' notes should have stayed as authors' notes, not full movies. I could be wrong. George Miller could have come up with some fucking awesome stuff, but I think usually if you're, if you're thinking about stuff in the background, it's a good reason why it's background stuff. Mm. Anyway, the film we're here to talk about is The Breakfast Club. So why The Breakfast Club for our last film? So little, little story. Uh, when we originally decided to do this podcast, it was the very first film that we chose. We did an episode on it and the audio was so unbelievably bad uh, that one it was person. <laughs> <laughs> that it in was... my defense i had a different phone then so was it over fine. a year ago yes it was. it was it was a year ago uh maybe i'll play a little clip of it maybe maybe oh, like just a bit pay <laughs> yourselves for that <laughs> enjoy you know, he's like mocking Alison for biting her nails too loud. He's eyeing Brian. That is a horrible scene, though. Oh, it goes through me every time I hear it. It's sort of, it lasts for like a good like 20 seconds as well, doesn't it? It's, like... it's horrid. <laughs> too long. Like, how, how is she doing it? You know what I mean? Like, she's biting them. It's like a proper click, isn't it? Like, people bite the, the, like, the nails loud, but like, Jesus Christ. I, I, I was like, okay, we enjoyed this. This was good. I thought this was all right. We perhaps overanalyzed and would continue to overanalyze for the first couple 20 odd episodes of the show i don't know um but i was like I, I don't feel comfortable releasing it but this was a good trial run let's carry on and now that we're coming to an end uh i wanted to revisit it so questions first up everyone well everyone except for me had seen the film before doing it for the show Who's watched it since, but like not including for this episode? Nah. nah. I don't think I have, no. Nah, neither have I. So it's my first time coming back to it. So that's, that's, that's kind of fun. That's kind of nice. So we'll dive in. Breakfast Club is the story of five teenagers, Claire, John Bender, Alison, Andrew, Brian, from all sorts of different backgrounds that are brought into detention on a Saturday and are forced to self-actualize by their principal, which is a bizarre and cruel punishment to give to five teenagers. <laughs> Uh, and throughout the course of the film, they fight, they eat, they smoke, they dance, they run around, they g- uh, do general rebellious shit. And in the end, 
they all come to realize that they're all friends. So instead of breaking it down by scene by scene, because we'd be here all day and it's a lot of talking. It's like, um, the breakfast club is a good film, but the script's more of like a play script, you know, it would, it would work well on, on the stage. I think it's, it's basically one setting. Any other, the other places you go in the school, you wouldn't need to visualize that much. If I think if you did it in a theater and, and instead, It's all about character development. So breaking down scene by scene, I think would be fruitless. I want to ask you one by one, starting with you, Amelia, and we'll go around in a circle. Out of all the hijinks, the bits that they get up to, what's your favorite scene in The Breakfast Club? I've always found, and this isn't like saying necessarily them getting up to anything silly. I've always found the, like when they, you know, and they go, like they all get out like the little pat lunches. I've always found that quite funny just because like, it's really pay, like playing off this because obviously in, like a lot of films from the eighties are about clicks or about different yeah. like social, you know, um, like character types or whatever you want to call it. And like, and so I just, I always find it so funny when she like, she whacks out her sushi and everyone's just like staring. <laughs> and the, it's the fact that she's got a little platform for it. Oh, as well. it's amazing. Yeah. So I always just find that scene funny because it's just like, this is like, I don't think you could do it necessarily again in for today's audiences. Cause they'd be like, this is so, this is so cheesy. Like, I feel like it wouldn't work, but like when you watch it back, it's, it's just quite fun. And like you say, it's, it's character and it's building off their like stereotypes. And so that, that for me has always been one that I've always found quite funny. Yeah, there's, I agree. There's a lot of stuff in the breakfast club that it's so, I don't know if it's that it's so well done or if the, the actors had such a good charisma or something. Every time you see a scene like it, it's not, it's impossible to not go, oh, well, that was just a fun creative thing. You instantly go, ah, you've seen The Breakfast Club. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I don't know what things were influencing John Hughes. There probably was a lot of things. But now it's like, ah, that's, yeah, I've seen The Breakfast Club. So yeah, they, they all got out little bits and you get a little bit of a, a background from all their different lives. So um, Brian's got a nice little prepared things from his family. Chloe's got this sushi because she's rich. Andrew's got fucking all sorts of carbs and protein stuff because he's a wrestler and not everything. John Bender's got nothing and mocks everyone. And Alison, the crazy one, has the most bizarre sandwich ever. <laughs> so when we did our first episode, I attempted to recreate the sandwich. The sandwich comprises of white bread with butter, with Captain Crunch on it, and a pixie stick on top. Uh, and once again, I have in my hands <laughs> Alison's sandwich. <laughs> now i can't remember what this thing tasted like um now i i I admit i've had to make some changes so we're still on white bread it is buttered on both sides Mm -hmm. um captain crunch is available in the uk but it's fucking really expensive so Mm -hmm. i've looked at what it is and i've looked at any like alternatives we have something here called crave which is basically the same thing that's also really fucking expensive so i have tesco's own choco pillows (laughs) which (laughs) which are the cheapo version of it uh, and a pixie stick is just powdered can. It's just sugar, basically. So in lieu of having any of that, I've put a big dollop of sugar on it. Oh now, God. for video viewers, if you're interested for proof here, check out the YouTube version of this show. I'm going to open up the sandwich just so you know <laughs> that that really is what I've got. Oh my gosh. This isn't a bit. Oh, it looks grim. Oh, no. And I'm going to attempt to describe it to you. So a bit of uh, bread ASMR incoming. Ugh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's not good. If ever there was an incentive to watch the video, your face. Um. Viewers, he is gagging whilst also kind of looking like he stepped in some shit on the ground and he's looking at it in a very disgusted manner. <laughs> <laughs> so, the texture's awful. First off, obviously it's too it's too conflictingly crunchy and soft at the same time. But the biggest weird thing is the butter, like because butter it's kind of salty. You know what I mean? Mixed with the sugar, the sugar and the salt, right in the exact same bite. It's the grimmest. That is so disgusting. Oh Please let me have a drink or something to get that that taste out of your mouth because I feel so bad for you right I've got now. Water. <laughs> So there we are. So I wouldn't recommend it. Maybe try it at home. <laughs> I would recommend it, but try it. <laughs> Jacob, what's your favourite scene from The Breakfast Club? My favourite scene. Um, I like the bit when they've 
Oh, they they leave and they go somewhere and then they're having to run back and chase the teacher back and like go different like routes or whatever. Yeah. I was just gonna say Scooby Doo. What I liked j- just the idea of it running around an empty school. Like my mum is a teacher and I used to go to the school where she teached. Taught. Teached. <laughs> Taught. Mm. Taught. Um, and so I meant I was very often in school when it was empty. So me and my younger brother, we'd like play games and run around this empty school and it was the best shit. Um, and watching this always reminds me of that and just just a good time running around an empty school. You wouldn't that's such a it, lovely but... memory. Yeah, that's great stuff. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's, there's a, a fun, rebellious and I think chaotic energy that comes from a lot of this movie and that, that stuff is, is, is some of the best stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I've not got like the experience of running around an empty, empty school, but it is something I wanted to do. Is like I, can, I immediately understand the appeal. And um, what like what stuff like that reminds me of? It's weird because this this movie is described as like quintessentially eighties a lot of the time. And I I'd throw out, I'd suggest that that's only because it came out in the eighties. If that if that makes sense, I think this movie is quintessentially youthful. I, I don't think it has things to say that are strictly just within the 80s, you know? Um, I agree with that, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I, I related to. And it's weird because I watched it too late. You know, I watched it at 22 and I was like, yes, this is me, which is a problem. Uh, <laughs> I should do something about it. But no, I, I def- yeah, I definitely related to it. And, and it's the sort of thing that I... I think it's weird that we've not had something that maybe captures it as well as, mm. but um, I, I think the Breakfast Club is currently still applicable to many people. In such a ages. simple format as well, of like you say, just essentially in in one room, nest like from pretty much most of the film, and just like say watching these people develop. I feel like modern audiences require more these days as well, so I feel like you couldn't get this such a lovely little simple story nowadays i feel like everything's like they're remaking heathers aren't they I don't they know are remaking heathers yeah and everyone's saying it just looks god awful because the reason why that did so well is because you know it was a different audience at the time and you know and so like you say i, I don't think yeah i don't think you could recreate this i think anything anything that feels similar to me is in some ways i don't know maybe feels like they have to up the spectacle in some way like i watched I don't think this movie immediately invokes comparison, but I watched Booksmart this year, Olivia Wilde's Booksmart, which is really fucking good, which is about um, two high school girls who are kind of outcasts, but also kind of cool. And they're just trying to get to like graduation parties and stuff. And it's what ensues along the way. And it does a lot of like high school drama and it adds a jokes about lots of cliques and things like this. Uh, it's got commentary to make on like romance and all sorts of stuff. It's a very good film. Um, but like I say, it's about like jumping from like graduation party to graduation party and they've all got different themes and different set pieces and stuff. And this doesn't have that. It just has an empty school and it utilizes it very well. And potentially, I think the reason that it stands out and stands the test of time so long is because it's, uh, you, you use the word uncomplicated, Amelia, I think spawn. So, Joe, what's your favourite sequence so, from the Breakfast Club? Probably the bit where they get, where they, the, probably the bit where they get high. Also, the, when the guy's doing the impression, <laughs> he's got like, the glasses on. And he's, it's really good, isn't he's it? He's doing the impression. It's just funny. Yeah. It's funny stuff, yeah. I think that's fair. I think, I think scenes like that are like a, a testament to the strength of, of the performers in this film. Like, mm-hmm. Anthony Michael Ball has been in a few things we've watched over the course of this show. He's been in Beetlejuice... Um, we've not watched it for the show, but he was like had mild cameos in like things like The Dark Knight. He's been in Community, and every time I'm astounded to learn that he's the guy I'm looking at because I have this image of him as cute little Brian smoking the weed and telling jokes, and then like in Beetlejuice, he's this fucking jock who like you know what I mean? Like he's just this horrible, horrible boyfriend, and I'm like, oh man, that's sweet little Anthony Michael, but what the fuck? Was it Edward Scissorhands? Edward was Hands, not Beetlejuice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same film. <laughs> I, said, I didn't want to say because I was like, is it? 
Yeah, um, weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Edward Scissorhands, of course it is. Yeah, so I, I totally agree. I think I, I think the performance is really good, and I think that seems like a strong testament. I think a lot of the time doing like drunk scenes or like high scenes are kind of difficult, and I think a lot of the time the tendency is to overact somewhat. Mm. But in this, I think, again, re- while remaining understated, comes across really well, comes across really well. Yeah, um, if I had to have one, it'd be the dance scene. Of course, you are not alone. It's a hell of a song. It's a fun little dance. It's 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 all sorts of good stuff, and I'm sure there's many many more. And if you've got a favorite scene from the Breakfast Club that we've not mentioned, let us know. Comments down below. Engagement. Hey. Uh, so yeah, the, the film is still the test of time, and it's been ranked among like tons of tons of tons of best movies ever list uh, lists and tons of awards and things like this. Um, but it's also come across like a, a little bit of scrutiny, which I think is worth bringing up. Which I first sort of read. Molly Ringwald, who plays Claire, also seen in every 80s movie ever. Um, <laughs> she ha- has wrote like a little think piece, which uh, I would recommend reading. It's easy to find. Um, basically, where she sat down with her daughter to rewatch The Breakfast Club. And she found a lot of the things that we've mentioned already that a lot of its messages are standing the test of time. One of John Hughes's biggest strength was really understanding like the plight of the youth and still gets it. Um, as well as how to in- inject fun in that. I mean, John Hughes, well known for things like 16 Candles, Breakfast Club. He also wrote uh, Home Alone, you know, like he's yeah. really good at injecting like fun into stories. Um, but one of the things she brings up, which I do think is interesting and, and worth talking about, is he understood all that, but he seemingly had this big blind spot when it came to women. Mm-hmm. This movie is very sexist. <laughs> I always forget about the pants scene. Right? And I, every time I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that's literally a vagina. <laughs> it's, it's pretty uncomfortable. So yeah, you've got, you've got pretty uncomfortable. It's, it's not nudity, but it's, you know, might mm. as well be pretty uncomfortable stuff regarding that. The way John Bender speaks to Claire is particularly cruel. He's cruel with everyone, but mm. like he's particularly cruel with her. And I think it's made all the more weird that he's never really challenged on that. If anything, and they what happens together. is, yeah, he <laughs> negs her and then they kiss. And it's like, that was a bit weird. And I also do feel a little bit uncomfortable about Alison's story, which is she's a crazy girl, but secretly, if you just pulled her hair back, she's pretty all along. Look, and now she'll have mm. friends. Weak sauce, man. Weak mm. sauce. Uh, but regardless of a lot of the stuff, still stands so i asked you the last time we did the show and i'm going to ask you all again i think we're probably going to get the same answers which is when everything's said and done they have this scene oh that's actually i'll backtrack a little bit another one of my favorite sequences is there's a little scene where they're just they're sat on the floor in this little circle it's really really it's a beautifully composed shot brian asks on monday are we gonna stay friends and they all say no Come on, are you going to say hi to Brian? Come on, no, no, you're not. You're going to walk right past him. Things like that. What do you reckon now, a year later? Do the Breakfast Club meet up again? Do they keep it a secret or is this a new collect? Maybe they start like mm. a Scooby-Doo style mystery ink team. <laughs> <laughs> they all have like, they're all like from different, it's the same thing really. All they, they need is a van. We've already, yeah, exactly. They've already showed us that they can run around corridors being like chased by someone. So, <laughs> Breakfast Club Two, Mystery Incorporated. <laughs> Maybe they need to do Love some that. kind of surrealist Cartoon Network like spin-off cartoon called I don't know, The Breakfast Club Go exclamation mark, and it's just <laughs> Club Go. <laughs> Stuff like that. Lunch Club. <laughs> the like lunch Breakfast Club. Club Two, The Lunch Club. Oh man. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's had a lot of stuff like that in it. And so one of the other reasons that I wanted to bring this back, this movie, I'm going to get a little bit sentimental here. One of the reasons that I wanted to bring this back, this movie, it's not just that it was the first one we did. When we were thinking about starting this show, it was kind of like, what film should we, should we pick? And a lot of suggestions got thrown out there. And I remember suggesting The Breakfast Club, thinking, hey, that's a movie a lot of people like. Maybe we can talk about it. Which was bold of me to pick something I hadn't seen and assume that I could talk about it, but whatever. Um, I didn't realize at the time, but this movie 
it's not exact, right? But this movie, it's obviously at its core, it's about five people from different backgrounds who all kind of hate each other, who learn to put aside the differences and grow to become a bit of a unit. We didn't hate each other before this show. At least I hope we we didn't. Despised (laughs) each other. (laughs) But um, I kind of feel like it's it's accidentally resonated in this way of Mm. like we've come together to do this set of circumstances from all sorts of different corners of the country, and yeah, I feel like a little proper little unit now. And I love you guys, and this has been awesome. Thank you. Oh, I feel like we said this last time. I'm sure we did about like would we have been friends in school? Right. And I'm pretty sure we all said like, oh, I think I'd have liked us to have been. <laughs> like, but I, I think that's a, that's that'd be a good question to ask. Like, do you guys think that we would have been friends at school? I was a mess as a teenager. <laughs> Are you the one we would have avoided being like, oh god? <laughs> Potentially, yeah. <laughs> I kind I'm of, um, I kind of ended up. I was a massive weeb, man. I was a massive weeb. It wasn't a good time. <laughs> But by the end of high school, depending on where we where we would have met, by the end of high school, I, I did kind of fit into that. <sighs> Popular people didn't hate me, but like I wasn't a, enough of a loser for the loser kids. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds the same for me, to be fair. But yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, perhaps we would have got on. Perhaps we would have got on. I'd like to think so. I'd like to mm. think so yeah. as well. Um. So yeah, so it's so it's kind of special for for those kind of reasons. What I wanted to ask was this movie in your mind, like do you feel like any I don't know, kind of closer to it or any more spe- sentimental about it or special about it since the year and change since we covered it the first time or is it just a decent flick from the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean I, so, yeah, on, someone ask her first, I don't mind. I was just going to say, like, it's, I've not watched it since we mm. did the show originally, so, yeah. you know, it's not, doing it originally didn't, you know, re- relight a spark of, you know, love for whatever the 80s or something. Like, I used to really like the 80s, and, you know, like, mm. I feel like everyone goes to like, oh, yeah, 80s music and stuff. I don't really listen to 80s music anymore, honestly. Mm. I'm out that I don't phase. I have the... It's really sad, really, because it felt like at a time there was this huge love for, like, the 80s and stuff. Even people who didn't even, weren't even born in the 80s, you know what I mean? Like, none of us. Like, by the time all of us were born, like, it was nearly the end of the 90s, you know what I mean? So, like, especially our generation, I feel like, had a big kind of thing for the 80s. That's kind of died out a bit now. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I appreciate his music. It's kind of is when we grew up that's becoming the big cultural touchstone now. The early 2000s is the thing that a lot of people are having a lot of nostalgia for. Mm. Like, cover songs from songs that we grew up with and all sorts of stuff. Franchises, movies. 2000s fashion is starting to come back, isn't it? Yeah. Why? Why? I'm like. It wasn't good. Yeah. It used to be that, like, a proper like the 80s culture or whatever but like now i'm not that asked about it it really mm. kind of it's fine but like 70s culture was much more interesting <laughs> and like 60s and they had you know they had better music i know everyone loves 80s music but it's not 70s music you know what i mean i do know like, what you mean it's it's and i think that's what it is with this like the only 80s films i'll watch are like really they're not films I watch because they're 80s films. It's films like Star Wars and Blade Runner and Back to the Future. Back to the Future, fair enough, is probably, you could consider it an 80s That's film. That's very 80s. But yeah. I don't watch it because it's like, oh, it's I'm, I'm on a, an 80s kick. It's like, oh, I like Back to the Future. I'll watch that. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with this, this is something you watch if you're like, oh man, I want to watch something from the 80s. And I don't really feel myself having that feeling ever anymore mm. maybe when i was younger but like now i'm like yeah it's fine i guess i think shows like stranger things have a lot to answer for for that i think that really fed into uh, like because like I, I was watching stranger things when it was being released and everything and i think that's where a lot of this whole love for the 80s suddenly came back is because a lot of media was really being and like like you said sam things from the 80s were being 
like rebooted and like I, I think that and I, my mom and dad could never understand it why suddenly we were all into the 80s but I think a lot of the media we were consuming back like in those couple of years I think I think it was very very 80s I think it was created by a lot of kids who grew up in the 80s and were nostalgic mm-hmm. for it 100%. and I think it perhaps accidentally created a bit of a fetishistic take on a decade which is totally unfair and I think has actually burnt a lot of us out like Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. Because of things like Stranger Things that are just constantly like, how cool was the 80s? Look at all these things that you remember from the 80s. Goldbergs is like a sitcom that does it. And perhaps The Cardinal Sin, Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Do you think we've totally burnt out on it? Because there's nothing more to say. It's just like, yeah, cool, we get it. You like the 80s, can we do something I else think now? so. <clears throat> I think that's why everyone's a bit like, why is he bringing out another book? <laughs> God, Ready Player Two. Have you, have you seen any ex- excerpts from it? Mm-mm. it's awful it's so shit it's so shit oh man I just I think the thing with the 80s is like I don't know like are you saying about Stranger Things I every time a new season of Stranger Things comes out I'm not excited for it mm. I'll watch it like season yeah, 3 same. was good I enjoyed it I'm like I ooh it I'll it watch it but, hmm. but it came out and I wasn't like oh fuck yeah Stranger Things like with the Mandalorian it's like oh, I can't wait to watch there. that later. That, oh shit, it comes out today. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it after <laughs> this. But no, this is what I mean. I'm excited for it. I'm like, oh yeah, man, I'm gonna watch the Mandalorian. It comes out. Whereas with Stranger Things, I'm like, eh, I'll watch it eventually. But then again, it's... with the Mandalorian, especially this season, has been harping a lot on nostalgia for things yeah. that we grew up with. It has. Mm. You know, yeah. which and in, yeah, and if, if you want to make something popular quickly, easily on the nostalgia mm. I guess I mean, strange things that, I mean that wasn't really targeted for people who grew up in the 80s but they could watch it and still enjoy it um, and I think one, one reason why I liked it well I, I still like it I think I, I can still go back and rewatch seasons one well, most of them and be like this, this is still good mm. is, it's the yeah. 80s but it looks better <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it right. looks idealized it has like you say nice effects and nice lighting and everything's colorful and it looks it looks good because even really colorful 80s films still don't look they either look over like oversaturated like to a almost bad looking amount or just kind of flat would you would you say or yeah yeah because I'm trying to think like what what's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it not total recall the, the one, one. Where like <laughs> There's, what, the there's, one where he's, <laughs> there's one where he's fighting in like a competition. Is it Running Man? Oh, ru- uh, yeah, Running Man. Is it Running Man? I think, I think it's, it's kind of Man, weirdly yeah. futuristic or something. Yeah, yeah. What a film. That one, yeah, that one, or Flash Gordon. That's that's a better example. Okay, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Really bright I mean, I and colourful. He's, but... But he's not. That's a different example. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was the Running Man, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a really bright and colourful film. But also mm. the colours just seem a bit garish. But if yes. they were to like remake it today, mean. it would be more like Thor Ragnarok, kind of bright yeah. and colourful yeah. and sharp. Flash Gordon's suit is mostly just one flat tone of red. But if you were to make a Flash Gordon costume now, it would have different shades of red and like lines and yeah, it would and be and stuff. Yeah. Just sharper and done better. Like mm. I think that's one main draw as to why people like it. Because they can do it, again, just way better, I guess. Yeah. I think. If yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think, um, well, my last question slash thing I want to bring up would be, A, it's a two-part question in case you don't have an answer for the first part, which I don't. Um, a, is there anything you can think of from the time we spent growing up up until now that has come out that you would consider maybe a modern breakfast club, something akin to it? B... Do you think like it is a good idea for us to be getting nostalgic for the early two thousands, like, or should we just quickly let that one go as well? Mm. Yeah, um, I can't think of a film. Yeah, it's difficult. I can't think of anything that's that stood the test of like, or or at least hits those same beats of like, hey, teenagers of of like, every generation should check this out because everyone everyone kind of has that moment where someone like your parents say, hey, you should check out the Breakfast Club because I watched it when I was. Check out the Breakfast Club, but I can't think of something that ca- came out like when we were young that I would tell a youngster. You should watch this movie. It's a good. It's a good. Scooby Doo Team Monster Unleashed. 
That's about teenagers and friends. I was going to say Sky High. Sky High. Wow. Yeah. Sky High. I've just brought up a list of movies from the 2000s that are classed as teen movies. And okay. I'll read out a couple for you guys. Do you guys remember um, Stormbreaker? Oh, stop. Oh, yeah, Alex Ryder. Yes. Um, Aquamarine, which is a chick flick that I always think back to. Uh, Bridge to Terabithia. Bridge to Terabithia. Everyone says that's really sad. Oh my god, yeah, don't watch it. It's the most depressing film in the world. Have you not seen it? I've not seen it, no. I watched it in school. Oh. Mm. Oh. Mm. Got me. What Um, about um, Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging? That's a great British film that I definitely want to show my kids if I went, like, when I have kids. (laughs) Twilight is there. Ugh. Um, There's a lot of films I've I've genuinely never heard of. Superbad is there. Superbad, yeah. Um, It's definitely not a coming-of-age story, though, is it? Mm-hmm. No, probably not. That's mean a good Girls, thing, you know. I guess is a good one for the like, you know, be yourself. Don't kind of go into the clicks. I mean, that's the only one that I could kind of say is similar. Mm. But I don't think it's got like you know as as much as like you say it's one of the like be yourself kind of movies. I don't think it's as kind of be yourself as this was. Yeah, that's still very much like Lindsay Lohan looks pretty hot hot at the end of it, doesn't she? Like you know, she doesn't she doesn't kind of go back to who she was. So I think I wonder if maybe sensibilities have changed because a movie that's just popped into my head for completely not the same reasons as um, Breakfast Club, but a movie that I would tell a kid, hey, you should watch this flick. It's actually Inside Out. Not a remotely mm-hmm. similar movie, but I think that's mm-hmm. like an important thing that's come out during our generation that I would say you should watch this movie. Mm, I need to watch that. I've only seen it once. It's good. It is. Coco as well, I guess. Coco's kind of, really I've good. I have Coco, you know. Oh, good. man. It's good. Really it's good. good. Oh, yeah, it's a good film. That's good. It's good for dealing with other themes, I think, which is quite good. Yeah. And yeah, and, and how, do you, how do you feel about 2000s nostalgia? And actually, is there anything from your childhood that you would not bring back? Like, absolutely do not do it. Uh, I'm gonna have to do another Google. I can't think. I can imagine that there's some stuff that they they could bring back, and it would just be bad. But also, you'd kind of like to see it. Like, imagine a reboot live action Biker Mice from Mars. Holy shit! Yeah, don't do that. But I would buy a ticket. (laughs) Don't want to. I don't want to see that. But also, I would go and see it. God, have you guys seen Clifford? Were like, oh, I've seen the pictures. You've seen the picture. It's terrifying. (laughs) God, that movie looks so stupid. Google like that. Oh man. The only thing I could think of that I what it was like probably like nostalgic two thousands for me. But it's me personally, and it's British mostly because I don't think they sold them in America. Um, that I could not see them bringing back, even though they've attempted to. Action Man. Imagine. God, you I, I can't imagine. What. He's not made a comeback, has he, when you think about it? Like no. Well, they tried to do it when I was in... I remember they tried to when I was in, like, year four. And they tried to make it really techy, and it was really shit. I remember that. And I hated it. And... But that's the only thing I can think of that I'd hate it if they brought it back. I wouldn't watch it because it's a kid's thing anyway. <laughs> I'd be curious, but I just don't think... I wonder if, like... like that could fit one of the like big now the biggest things that have changed regarding like all the stuff that came out from when we were kids was like if if you compare the way superhero movies have changed things marvel in particular like if you've got all this ridiculous amount of content to consume all these mcu movies marvel tv shows marvel cartoons marvel rising all this ridiculous amount of stuff and that's just one comic book company and then someone comes along and they're like, so he's a bloke and he's a soldier and he's got a big car. You're kind of looking at him and you're looking at like Captain America and you're like, I'm going to stick with the guy. I'm going to stick with Captain America. He's friends with Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I wonder if, yeah, like Action Man in particular, because Action Man was, was like an offshoot of G.I. Joe, which has also kind of failed to come back. Just a military group with slightly exaggerated gear I don't think that I don't that I don't think that holds up against no. your X Men's and your Iron Mans and your yeah. Batman's and your yeah I think I think They're that's totally cool. changed. That's Unless totally it's already changed. like pre-existing, like James Bond. He's just well, that's that's just spy, isn't it? Or um, yeah. But even then, is that not more of a dad's franchise than yeah? Yeah, true. I yeah. suppose. I mean, GI Joe—they're bringing that back again, aren't they? 
They they want to. God, are they? They want to. Why? They're trying to, because it makes money, I guess, and you can. Put, oh my god! Does it though? It. Does so, it make money? I've gone on the entertainers website. So the entertainer for those of you listening <laughs> from where else is basically a toy shop in the UK, just to see like what you know, like you say, what what do kids buy these days? And they have a whole section saying retro toy revival with a picture of a Rubik's cube, and all that's in it is like a Rubik's cube, Sylvanian families. That do you remember that board where you'd have like a marble and you'd have to go across the bridge that was all rickety, and then you'd have oh, to try yes. and shoot it into something to swing it round. There's one yes. of them. Um, Uno, Lego, apparently, um, Monopoly, Operation. It's like all these old things, like Connects. Do you remember Connects? Oh, oh Connects. God. Um, Yo Yo, apparently that's, that's, that's retro. Awesome Connects the movie. It <laughs> <laughs> was that to rival the uh, Playmobil one. <laughs> well, if you get that, then I want a Polly Pocket the movie. Remember that advert, the like the Connects advert where he like stole some guy's sunglasses with this big Connects. I do. Like do you remember I the remember one? That. Do you remember the one where the kid had the um, Connects suit of armor? It looked like the thing from Alien. No. I've not ah, seen that. <clears throat> he bursts through. There's, there's like a big roller coaster, and like, look at this amazing roller coaster that I built. And then this other kid bursts through the door, and he's got like a big power armor made of connects. Oh my god! Oh, there's like a big light behind him. That, that, that I, is ringing some bells. I've met the guy who directed that. Oh, amazing! <laughs> he's um, he's um, a oh. bit a bit full of himself. <laughs> It is, it is Twitter bio. Yes, I'm that guy who directed that amazing next <laughs> advert that one time. Okay, okay. But I don't think I don't think this get me in trouble, right? I'll I'll tell you what he told us. Um, what's that? Fuck. Okay. There's there's a there's a there's a there's a British movie director. He does things like I Daniel Blake, and it was called Oh fuck. There's one named after a bird. Ke- Kez. 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 Yeah. Oh. Can't remember what he's called, but he's yeah, he's a Google good director. It. He talks a lot about like poverty and stuff, and like the north of England. And it's it's gritty, it's real shit. It's not really my thing, but he's good at what he does, right? I remember this guy, Ken Loach. Who, Carry on, Ken Loach. Ken Loach. This guy who did the Connects thing, saying, "Yeah, so if you came up to me and you said I want you to make a Ken Loach film, I can make a Ken Loach film, no problem." And like he just started listing like all these directors that you can just like adapt to the style. Of, yep, I can do that for you. Not a, not an issue. And I'm like. <laughs> You're, mm, could you? Okay. <laughs> you directed a Connects advert. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I'll say. That's all. I don't think that can get me in trouble. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I think per- perhaps one of the things that we've come to terms with is that they probably are going to try and revive a lot of stuff from when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Unlike the 80s, which still had an air of maybe a bit more creativity about it. A lot of our stuff was a lot more vapid. It's not like that. The eighties wasn't. Thundercats, Transformers, He Man, She-Ra—they're all just done to sell toys. That's all they're there for. But like, they started it. The early two thousands really fucking. We churned a lot of stuff it. out in the early two thousands. Yeah. I was just like looking through, like I say, I googled like childhood stuff, and there were like shows that I think had like maybe one or two seasons, and then like never saw the light of day again because they were just like churning crap out. And I think, I think if, if we're likely to go into a nostalgia for that, it's probably going to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. See, the thing that makes me kind of sad about like our generation, really, I feel like our generation, I, say, I, say, I want to say our generation, I mean like people born, I'd say maybe in like the 2000s up until what, 2010, really. That we're like the, and you think about it really, like kids still play with toys and you know, obviously, they always will. But we were the last generation really to not have like iPads yeah. and shit when mm-hmm. we were younger. And that makes me kind of sad <laughs> because I would have rather had iPads and stuff when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact exact opposite no, argument like, everyone yeah. makes. I love that. <laughs> so the reason everyone, yeah, so you get all these people when they're in the 50s. And like, <laughs> when, we were, when we were kids, we didn't have iPads. We were playing with toys. And, oh, fucking hell, our generation's going to be like that? Because there's going to be people in our generation in, like, the 40s, and they're going to be like, these kids are going to be flying around on the whatever. <laughs> and they're like, when I was a kid, I didn't have this. It's like, shut up. 
course he didn't. It wasn't invented yet. Does it matter that kid- kids get straight up real- like Star Wars speeder bikes now? And I'm like, it just oh, it really annoys me. God it's fucking like point. People go on about it's like when you see these adverts about saying like, oh, you need to take less time on your phone and you need to spend time talking to the people. Still talk to each other. People <laughs> don't spend every waking moment on the phone. <laughs> trying to get rid. It just annoys me that people. Of are trying to so desperately to get us to stop using all this tech. You fucking invented it. Oh my god. <laughs> like, does it matter? Like, kids spend time on their iPads now. They still go out. Mm. You know what I mean? They still they're not on their iPads when they're at school. I mean, obviously at the minute they're, they're not. Oh no, no, they are at school at the minute. But. It just. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not. I mean, I kids, can't speak on behalf of current fifty-year-olds. Like, but all that time that the kids were spending on iPads and whatnot now, do you know what I was spending it on? A Game Boy. Mm. It's, yeah. it's that that much better. Yeah. You know what it probably was it's in the just... 80s? On the fucking VCR player. Like, yeah. I don't know what it would have been before that, but Playing I'm sure you... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure, just... like, you would have spent a lot of time just wasting fucking doing whatever you thought was brainlessly fun at the time. And you've forgotten it now just... because you're 50. <laughs> like, yeah. This is my problem, like, like you're old, basically what you like, say. <laughs> but yeah, like because we're the last generation now to have to not have iPads and stuff and iPhones and mad computers and game proper game consoles and shit like that. We just know people our age when they're in the fifties are gonna complain about how much time the kids are spending on. Whereas with like the generation after us, so like people born kind of two thousand ten, I don't know, guess to now, whatever, are growing up now. They did spend. I mean, they'll find something else. They'll find something anyway. Yeah, like holographic or, tablets instead. Yeah, they're like, oh, we had to hold our devices. We didn't <laughs> have our devices in our right. <laughs> like it's still, but it just it still annoys me. And people go on about how bad technology is or whatever. It's not. Mm. It's not. It's not bad. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I think we still need to be careful though, because there are parents out there who will just go here, Johnny. And they'll stick it. They'll, they won't spend time with their kid because they know it shuts them up. Yeah, replacing. That's what worries me. Replacing, replacing parenting with technology. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that well, that yeah, is something that, that needs to be monitored. But yeah, like you say, I think technology like, can help. That's fair enough. Like that's it's not something that should be like that. Shouldn't necessarily be something that. I mean, no, I don't know. It's a difficult thing. I don't think having like adverts and shit about how you need to spend time with your family. It pisses me off. Yeah. Like as a parent, you should naturally know that like, right, the kid's spending too much time. Take it off them. You don't Let's need go to be like told. Or something. Yeah. yeah. It just seems really like thingy. Like, oh, your yeah, kid's spending too much time. Some parents are a bit shit. I, yeah. I know. Well, I know. Then that's, well, then the kid's going to be an idiot when he grows up. You know what I mean? That's what we're I'm trying to prevent. I know I've told you this story, Joe, right? And uh, I like to think that I've, I have grown a bit in, in the meantime. I, this, I don't want this to paint me as a, like a bad person, right? But I remember watching this. It was in college, right? And they put on this viral... Note that word, viral ad thing that we all had to watch. It was called Look Up. It was a short film. It was like five minutes. And it was um, some dude, he's on his phone in the street and he walks along and he goes about his day. And then it all rewinds. And then he chooses not to look at his phone. And because he chooses not to look at his phone, one of the people he walks past, he bumps into them and it's this girl and it's this pretty girl and they get married and have kids and stuff. And it's saying, oh, if you spent less time on your phone, you'd have real interaction. All this, it was really, really preachy. Note again, that word viral ad campaign. I wonder what fucking platform this is getting shared around. You <laughs> fucking hypocrites. But there was one bit in it. <laughs> where the, the narration is saying oh, all the things you do as you grow up and as you get older and it said one of the things said uh, that moment where you sell your gaming PC to buy a, an engagement ring and I remember in the room going <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> just did like a big outward laugh and I'll note that at the, ta- at the time my girlfriend was sat right next to me and she thought it was funny too so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, no I, I totally agree with you I think um I f- it feels like we've gone horrendously off topic from this movie, The yeah. Breakfast Club. This but- really is like the first <laughs> time. Thanks for tuning into this movie. But to, uh, 
Do you know what? To, to kind of pin it back in somewhat, we've had this era that we grew up in that was extremely nostalgic for the 80s and for films like The Breakfast Club. I'll stand by what I said. I think it's a movie that's more intrinsically youthful than it is intrinsically 80s, but because of the soundtrack, because of the escapades, because of everything that's done it, it is still a very 80s movie. I'm not here to say it isn't. And it does, I agree with you, Joe, that it fits into that bracket of if you were feeling like in an 80s mood, you probably would pick something like The Breakfast Club over like A Back to the Future. I totally agree with you. And That's I how we got onto that topic. <laughs> and I think that that mood is totally dead and gone. I think the idea of idealizing decades is completely past us. And the more and more we learn about history, as interesting as it is, the more and more we come to realize that there's absolutely nothing good to come from idealizing different decades. And as the media we consume starts to try and target the things that we grew up with, we're re- at least we've come to realize during this discussion, it's probably not going to be a very good time because it, you know, it wasn't exactly creatively like full when we were growing up anyway. I, I hear a lot of stuff about like, I don't know if anyone's seen Akira. <clears throat> yeah. I no, I haven't yet. Have it's a pretty good, yeah. it's a pretty, it's a really good, like it's an anime film. It's one of those that kind of transcends anime. Like anyone can watch it and get into it and it's a decent flick. It's one of the, it's kind of one of the things that immediately followed. Like it's, it's, it's like the second wave of, cyberpunk almost so like you got like yeah. blade runner and neuromancer were the two real that started it and then this kind of came just after that mm-hmm. and that kind of that it that's what helped develop what cyberpunk looks like even more like the the, the big sci-fi city and the music and stuff like that and that's a really good point because <clears throat> so the reason i bring it up is because akira's from the late 90s kind of fits into that bracket of late 90s early 2000s stuff that's starting to make a bit of a return um they want to make an akira live action mo- western movie yeah. for whatever and you know what i love the guy for whatever reason currently taika waititi is pegged to direct it if you've seen yeah. the film that's not a good fit at all no, it is not <laughs> um I don't know why they're so hell-bent on doing little things like this, especially when it comes to adapting anime. It's not like these things ever get fucking popular. The original shows do, sure, but like, fucking went to see Ghost in the Shell, man. Mm. Mm. Especially westernized versions of these films. But bringing up that point about how it developed cyberpunk influence, perhaps, maybe, one day, the game Cyberpunk 2077 will actually be on shelves and we can play it and stuff come out in 2077 (laughs) that's a good example i think of taking something established an idea a genre uh, an aesthetic and pushing forward we don't know what the quality of that game is going to be like but currently i think it's fair to say that it's probably going to be pretty good and instead of seeing beyblade the movie (laughs) perhaps Another spinning top? No, that was a bad example. Okay, what I'm saying is, <laughs> if you're going to take things from our childhoods, don't adapt them directly. Maybe maybe just take the themes and the styles and the aesthetics, but leave the old stuff alone and get creative with it. So, <laughs> I'm going to get us slightly more on the rails. That brings us to the segment of the show where we're going to give our final thoughts on The Breakfast Club and life and pop culture, man. What a wild time. <laughs> and he's actually <laughs> give it a score out of 10. And I'm going to use maths. To see where it ranks on a list of best to worst movies of all time, Amelia, kick us off. I can't even remember what I gave this the first time around. I I'm, can't really. I'm either. not gonna lie. So I probably completely changed, but oh well. They, you never heard the original anyway. Um, like we said, I haven't re- revisited this film since we watched it. I'm sure none of you guys have either. Um, and so, like you say, I I think it's good. I think it's a good film, but it's not necessarily one of the ones I, I reach for on the DVD shelf and go. I want to watch that. Um, so I think for me, I can't give it any more than a six just right. because I think it's good. I think it's got, you know, some good messages, but I'm just not going to reach for it every time to watch instantly, but it's a good film. Jacob. Yeah, I've, I agree with a lot of what Amelia just said. Mm. It's, it's good. And it's got some good bits in it. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's good. I've been doing this for 50 odd episodes and I'm stumped by saying, oh, this this film, oh, it's good. That's how I felt um, when we were doing Fargo. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a classic. Of course it is. But also I, 
it's not one of my favorite films. It's not. Um, I'm gonna go seven. I think. Joe. Yeah, good. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as far as eighty films go, it's not the best. But it's also not the worst. It's probably pretty high up there. You know, I'm. I understand why there is nostalgia for people in the eighties. Like my parents really like this film. You know, I get it. It makes sense. If there was a film like this. Of this kind, when we've already discussed that the 2000s was pretty shite, but like the thingy, I get why there's some nostalgia behind it. You know, it's got messages that you know stands through, you know, carries on, whatever. But me personally, it's not. I can't imagine this will be the last time I watch it. But I don't think I'm going to be jumping it. You know, I'm not going to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, you know what, I want to fancy the the Breakfast Club. I feel like the next time I watch it is going to be one of those, oh, it's just on kind of situations. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm ever going to own a physical copy of it. don't think I'm ever going to choose to watch it on a... I might do. I don't know. Who knows? I might get an 80s kick again. Who knows? But yeah. So it's good. I'll give it a six. A six? Fair. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be pretty generous. I think, I think from memory I gave it a pretty middling review the last time. Like we've all said, it's good. It's good. I, I hesitate to guess that a lot of the people that pick it on their like top 100 movies of all time lists and things like this were probably of the right age when it came out. You know, um, I am a lot more fond of the things that this has inspired than it. But yeah. for sentimental reasons, for what it kind of represents for us doing this show, um, I feel very fondly of it. Um, I get a fresh kind of uh, just a boost of serotonin when I listen to its soundtrack and I think about it and I think about its fun scenes and I too wish I could Scooby-Doo my way through an empty school because that seems like it'd be a fun time. For purely sentimental reasons, I'm going to give it a nine because I really like it special to me. But yeah, as a film, it's pretty all right, which gives us an overall score of 70 out of 100. Wow, what a weird movie. Um, I mean, so I have to ask you all one question. Do you prefer The Breakfast Club or do you prefer My Neighbor Totoro? My Neighbor Totoro. Jacob? Breakfast Club Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, there's my man's Breakfast Club. Yeah, we'll so we'll we'll out there. Um, yeah, a little cheeky little bit of subliminal messaging there. Um, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club. Oh, God. I did gain a lot of fondness for Totoro when we did that episode. But I think I'm going to go for the Breakfast Club as well, which places it as the 26th greatest movie it's of fun. all time. I think that's fair. So now. I want to give us the full list. A little breakdown. Ooh, okay. Top 25. I'm ready. Top Lay it on me. <laughs> and, and the bottom. You let me guys know, do you want first the 25 best films or the 25 worst? Worst. 25 worst. Yeah, do, do worst. the Worst. Okay, starting off. These are the worst movies of all time. Number 25. I won't do an epic voice every single time. That's lame. It's a lot of films. Okay, so in the worst category, kicking us off, is The Breakfast Club. <laughs> yep. <laughs> My Neighbor Totoro, below that. Treasure Planet. Oh, robbed. I Am I Legend. Whole, I feel like this whole list is going to make us groan. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Mm. I mean, the, the mistake we made was thinking this show was going to, we were going to keep it going for longer. Uh, so we picked a lot <laughs> of good movies for a really long time. But now we've got to say that they're shit. So I Am Legend. Shin Godzilla. Uh, mm. Yeah, quite like that. Dread. Mm. Oh, that needs to be higher. <laughs> that's, that's depressing. Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Oh. oh, that needs to be higher. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Mm, I can stay there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the Vich. Ooh. Oh, that needs to be higher, man. Uh, 
Well, do you know what? See, I agree with you, Jacob, but I think a lot of people would agree with Joe. Like a lot of yeah. people seem to really love that movie. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, okay. Here's where things start to get weird. Space Jam. Mm. That's fair. Okay. okay, that's mm. fair. The reason I say that it gets weird is because underneath that is Castle in the Sky. Oh, okay. <laughs> That was a weird film. <laughs> yeah, Ayo Miyazaki. Fuck Ayo Miyazaki. <laughs> Fucking Space Jam is better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Oh man, why is that so low? I see you right at the top. Uh, Vertigo. That's, see, that's oh, disgusting. Like, that's too high. That's too high. <laughs> Joe, you Alfred look around the corner, I will walk over there and that's slap true. you. <laughs> um... So we are okay. Now we're in. I'm pretty sure we're in the bottom ten. Ooh. Free fire. Oh, that's a shame. Oh man. So it's Ben Wheatley. Uh, ben Wheatley's doing something weird, isn't he, at the moment? Isn't? Is I'm he? sure he's he's attached to a project that. Hang on, I've actually got to check. Yeah, this. it's a franchise, isn't it? Or yeah. I feel like. And I was like, something what, ben really Wheatley? weird. Tomb Raider. He's doing the Tomb Raider movie. Oh, he's doing yeah. Tomb Raider yeah. too. Doing another Tomb Raider movie. Yeah. Got there in the end. Wow. <laughs> Only 50 episodes in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Free fire. Okay. Transformers the movie. Mm-hmm. Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, man. Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Twilight. Mm-hmm. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And here we are, bottom, bottom five. So at five... Batman and Robin. Fair. Digimon the movie at number four. Staying there. <laughs> <laughs> Street Fighter at number three. Oof. Oh my god. Fan Four Stick at number two. <laughs> oh man. I forgot we I forgot did about that. In it. Terrible fucking movie. And at number one, Star Wars The Holiday Special. Yeah. You know that, what? That right? works, it's Christmas, it's relevant. <laughs> I'd say though, I would, I would probably, out of all of those movies you just named, I wouldn't rate Star Wars, the holiday special, the worst out of all of them. When did you last really? watch it? It's a bit of a mess. No, it's <laughs> terrible. It's absolutely fucking terrible. But it's kind of funny to watch. Which one? Which one is worse than than the holiday special? What was the one? Fan, oh, I think Fan Four Stick. Fan Four Stick. That was just. It was just shit and boring. But there's Wookiee grandpa there no... porn in this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what <laughs> I mean. Like, Star Wars Holy Switch, at least you get some enjoyment because you like you watch it like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is so shit that it's funny. And then... I'm fairly certain we, it, we just... described that movie as torture. <laughs> at well, the yeah, time. it is, but it's like, I don't know. Like Mark it's... Hamill literally I, I... released a tweet the other day apologising for it again. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> listen, I feel like I'm never going to watch fun... Van Fostick, whatever, again, because it's awful. I feel like I might watch the Star Wars Holiday Special again at some point in my life. But not because it's good. Not because it's good, no. Because I want to show my kids, look at this dumpster <laughs> fire that they released. That should be the Star first Wars. Star Wars thing you show them. <laughs> yeah. I love as well. Carrie Fisher singing. You'd say that we're all Star Wars fans here. Like we, We're all sure. fans of Star Wars. Star- We've covered nah, Star three Wars Star shit, Wars like things. Two of them are in the bottom, <laughs> what? 10 at least. Yeah. Where, where, where was Rise of Skywalker? Bot- six. Bottom. It was okay. number six. Yeah. The, yeah. That's, that's pretty we've bad. Done our, we've done our, our fandom dirty. Okay. So let's do the best. Yeah. Coming in at number 25. The Shining. Yeah. Oh man. That Good film. Good play. Pan's Labyrinth. Spooky. Okay. Got we did that. Princess Mononoke. Ooh. Okay. Princess Ooh. and the Frog. Oh. Okay. Memento. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I like Memento. But good. considering some of the movies in the bottom, I feel like it should be lower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh It's a Wonderful Life. I forgot about that. Okay. Beetlejuice. Eat and you. just above that, Edward Scissorhands. Makes sense. Dead Man's Chest. Beef. Oh yeah. Monsters Inc. I'm sorry. Fucking, I'm looking. Dread, Shin Godzilla, all these things are in the bottom. <laughs> Monsters Inc. and fucking. <laughs> just above that, 21 Jump Street. Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
great it's movie. good, but that's like such so a like, good. <sighs> Let's go. Oh, it's got <laughs> mad rewatchability. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this list is so cursed. I'm with a bunch of amateurs. <laughs> La La Land, Fargo, mm-hmm. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, mm-hmm. Baby Driver. Now we're into the top 10. Okay. Number 10, Isle of Dogs, Spirited Away, mm-hmm. Die Hard, yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Hamilton. <laughs> oh my god! I <laughs> the best that. movies ever. <laughs> Coming in at number five. <laughs> oh my god! Coming in at number five, over the garden wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Four, American Animals, genuinely good film. Three, Alien. Two, The Empire Strikes Back, and number one, the greatest movie of all time, Back to the Future. Okay. <clears throat> I think only no, maybe right. two or three of those were mine. I was counting. I was yeah. trying to see how many who's had what. I think two of the top five were mine. Wait, what was number five? Oh, over the Garden Wall. <laughs> okay, that was mine. <laughs> One and number four was American. Hamilton Animals. wasn't a fucking yeah. movie. <laughs> Bitch. More so than Over the Garden Wall. <laughs> Such a uh, cursed list. Oh my God. The thing is, is, because we've scored them, right, a lot, how many of them have a score of over 80? Like, where does, where about the, seven, like the first 70 something score place? The Do first 70 is number 27. Yeah, okay. So. Top 27, all are within like quite a close bracket. Mm. So, there's, I don't know. I feel like they're more, we've put them up, like, we've done more debating about what's better than the mm. other one. We were dishing out sevens and eights like it was no tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like the bottom ones, that spans from zero all the way up to 79. Mm. And that's, and they're, they're the bottom ones. We need to come up with a better way of ranking these movies. Yeah. What are you talking about? This is the objective list. <laughs> this is perfect. Oh, man. Okay, Love this it. was a lot of fun. And I'm glad we all agree. There's no problems with this list. <laughs> it's a useful time. Everywhere is where it belongs. Vertigo. Fuck off. <laughs> you have to put that out. The Garden Wall is the fifth greatest movie, movie. of all time. What can I say? <laughs> thank you very much for watching the outtakes movie podcast let us know what you think of the breakfast club and this episode in the comments down below um this is the final episode of the outtakes movie podcast but we do plan to be back in the new year with something fresh and new and exciting and hopefully we'll see you there so for any updates on that follow us on social media at the real outtakes on twitter and instagram we're still probably going to be putting things out on the podcast feed so if you want to hit follow on your podcasting app to make sure we'll come up there same on the youtube just hit that subscribe button and when we're back you will be back and you can also uh knock us an email as well if you like in the interim time uh at the outtakes movie pod at gmail.com shoot us an email about anything please yeah what yeah please send us some ideas we definitely have ideas already but we want Mm -hmm. more um thank you very much for joining us we'll see you sometime (laughs) bye Bye. (laughs) Bye.